Glad you asked. <laughs> awesome. This is Podflex, episode 209. I'm Paul. I'm Nish. I'm Willie. And tonight we are talking about, I was going to say everybody's favorite Star Wars show, but let's, let's say some people's favorite Star Wars show, The Mandalorian, specifically the third season, which as you're listening to this wrapped up between three and 12 months ago. <laughs> <laughs> You're really giving giving us a wide berth as to when we might put this out, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or you never know when somebody might listen. You know, That's true. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, people could be listening to this years from now. This could be Which a I... lost artifact that some like you know those robot people or whatever from AI ten thousand years in the future when they discover Haley Joel Osment trapped in oh, yeah. under the water, like or trapped in ice or whatever it is. Uh, they he might. Chili Jaws and might have this podcast on him. This will be like the we lone just, artifact of our entire civilization. This got, episode of Podflix. <laughs> he got he got frozen or whatever listening to this episode on his <laughs> yeah. iPad. Yep. It took place oh, in the God. future. That future was now. <laughs> yep. He it's had really a season all geared it's, up. This Zune. I forgot about this Zune. It's really season <laughs> three, fucking three and a half here, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean that's a really good that's a really good thing. I mean, the the Star Wars show set around the time of the Mandalorian is just increasingly becoming whatever Dave Filoni feels like like throwing at the screen. It's like you know what's going on in Star Wars this week, kind of. Mm -hmm. But um, guys, um, we 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 pull back the curtain. Whenever we told everybody we record late at night. I'm on this like experiment to try and wean myself off coffee really yeah how what makes it an experiment i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do it i oh. all right i have an absurd do you guys know how much coffee i normally drink no mm, eight cups nine cups a day like a fucking absurd amount of coffee wow of like full caffeine coffee oh yeah 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 jesus I'll have one of those big, big French presses in the morning, and then like I don't know, every hour or two, just like I have another coffee, another coffee. Um, so rules for me are no coffee in the first ninety minutes after waking up. That's a pain in the dick because I just can't think. And then only two cups of coffee, and the last one can has to cut off at one p.m. Wow, yeah, that's not really weeding so much as that is like falling off a cliff. Yeah, well, unless un un unless you're already on like step four of weaning, and that's what this is. No, this but, was step one of weaning. And yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I, I I agree with Paul. That is like, a that is, that is a tall order to go from eight or nine cups to that. I wanted to cut it out without having the headaches. Basically, if I could go to yeah. cold turkey without like my head feeling it was in a fucking vice, then I would totally just cold turkey it. But you know, so how is your head feeling under this? fine i'm just tired I'm, although i'm sleeping like crazy good now who would have known i can imagine yeah how did that work <laughs> don't have a ton of caffeine in your body who would have guessed so how long are you going to be on the two cup a day before you cut back even more or are you going to cut back even more yeah i'll try and go to zero okay we'll see I don't know. Nish, are you two a big weeks? coffee drinker Nish? do you know how much coffee i drink every day zero now right that's right. Zero cups. <laughs> by, by, by choice or by by order? I mean, 
by by choice, but due to yeah, no, no one has told me that I can't have coffee, but um, basically giving way too much information to anybody listening about my medical history. Um, you know, I, as you know, had bad ulcerative colitis. I took medicine for that ulcerative colitis and it completely ruined my kidneys, which led me to have to have a kidney transplant. When I found out that my kidneys weren't working, my immediate thing was like, it's the ulcerative colitis medicine. Before anybody told me, I was like, this medicine is fine. There was something intuitively that I knew about it, about it, stopped taking it that day. And then I said, you know what I should do? I should, for again, just intuitively, I was like, I should stop having coffee and see what happens. And the coffee was the thing that was messing up my, my, you know, my innards, my, my intestines, my, it was giving me, I, that went away when I stopped drinking coffee. So I have not had, I've maybe had a few sips of coffee, uh, in the last nine and a half years. That's so weird. That's about it. You don't drink coffee at all, right? No, I, I never got into coffee. Um, I know I have like an addictive personality as it were. So Mm. If I ever started, yes, I would be like a nine cup a day person um, and, you know, drink myself into, I don't know what, a heart attack. So I just decided to stay away from it and kind of never engage. And that's, you know, what I do. So we might be a coffee-free podcast in a few weeks. Know. Yeah. Fucking Crazy. Nuts. Wow. We'll see. Should we, re- should we rebrand? <laughs> should we just stop talking about movies and talk about the health benefits of not having coffee? I think so. I'm not so sure it's healthy. Unclear. Yeah. What? What's not healthy? Do not have coffee? Not having coffee. You know, I read somewhere. Now, I don't know if this is, this is many years ago, and this could easily be stupid internet bullshit, but intuitively it makes a certain amount of sense, um, which probably means it's false. Um, but I read somewhere that, like, essentially people who drink a lot of coffee, um, need at a certain point like need to drink coffee to get to the level of alertness that people who don't drink coffee are at after a while sure yeah yeah that i mean that makes sense to me i mean it's not like everybody else in the world is like way more alert and on the ball than i am right you ever ever have somebody like make a statement and just like a screw in your fucking head it's just like turned it one quarter somebody said to me and this is why i was like huh fuck like fuck 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 they said um don't you think it's weird that like after you've slept for eight, eight hours, the first you think first thing you think is, man, I need caffeine. I'm tired. Not boy, I'm really refreshed and ready to start the day. And I was like, oh, fucking that is a good point. Yeah, yeah, that is a really good point. Oh, this is like, oh, I have no answer for that. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder like how many listeners you just infected with that little That's nugget funny. of with logic. That's right. Oh man! Like, damn it! All right, I'll cut back. Let's see what happens. And I'll, I won't have coffee right when I wake up. That'll be like the first step. Push it off. You know, if this podcast legacy is it gets people to stop drinking coffee, that would be buck wild for one thing. But I'll take <laughs> yes. <it>. <laughs> so you know, normally even when I'm all coffeeed up, I'm like falling asleep at the end of this podcast. Let's see how we do tonight. All right. Well, I guess we should probably get right into it. Yep. Uh, Indeed. For Willie's sake. Uh, so the, the the Mandalorian season three. Now we're going to do something uh, a little bit different uh, for this. It was an eight episode season, as as I think they've all been so far. They have. Um, yeah. So we're going to do an eight eight hour podcast, right? One hour yep. per episode. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Um, but we are actually going to go episode by episode a little bit and talk about it. And I think the, the the main reason I wanted to give this a try was because, well, it's there's not really an overarching like theme to the to the season. Like there kind of is, sort of, um, but but less so than I think than than other seasons and and most seasons on TV this day, these days. Um, it felt like so. So with that, like, let's kick it off. Let's talk about, you know, the first episode, um, which is called Chapter 17, The Apostate, kicks us off. The first thing I wanted to mention about this um, was one, man, it feels like it's been a billion years since The Mandalorian was on TV. I think it was like two years between seasons. I think it might have been three. It was the end of 2020. So you're right. It was like two and a half or two, two and a few months or something like that. Right. And then, so it felt like a really long time. And like, I, I haven't gone back and rewatched anything. So like, I, I like, yes, I remembered, okay. The end of season two, like Luke Skywalker shows up and, and it's whatever. hard to forget that. Yeah. Um, and so they show the previous leaves on, and there's nothing from the book of Boba Fett in the previous leaves. It's just like end of season two, Grogu left beginning of season three. Here he is. How'd that happen? Hope you saw the book of Boba Fett or else you don't know. I think I mentioned right. Cause the they show. don't really, Sorry, I have friends. I think I mentioned this on the show. I have friends that were like, "How did he get back? Like, what the fuck happened there?" I was like, "Oh, you clearly didn't watch Boba Fett." I probably mentioned this on the show. Not yeah, not yeah, show. or or you at least mentioned it to us. You may have mentioned yeah. it on the show. Um, yeah, I mean, like, because because there's like two developments in this first episode that both happened in Boba Fett. Um, and one of them they like go back over, but also, so like the Grogu thing, like you said, they never explain. Like, if you didn't watch Boba Fett, you don't know why he's there all of a sudden again. Um, you also don't know how he has that ship. Um, although, I guess, like, in an, in the second episode, they get back into that a little bit. But, like, in the other thing that they don't, that at first, like, you don't realize, and then they kind of, like, mention it again, is the fact that he is now an apostate in his covert, that, that he, like, is no longer thought of as Mandalorian by the other you know, culty Mandalorians because he removed his helmet in front of someone, namely Grogu. I mean, other people too, but... Huh. Um, oh, and, and, and that, that also happened. happens in Book of Boba Fett. Oh, fuck. I didn't realize that. Yeah. It's it that it's when he has, like, the dark saber and he... Yeah, uh, I didn't realize Yeah, it goes Boba to, like, where, wherever, oh, wherever right. the hell they are in Book of Boba Fett, some <laughs> random place. I can't remember what the name of that planet is. So this episode to me, I don't know what you guys thought. I, I I will say like, especially the first two two episodes, and we'll talk about it, like I I really didn't like the first two episodes of this. The first two episode, this really to me felt like, all right, we're gonna set we're setting the stage for the thing. We're gonna introduce you know random bad guy, these space pirates that like fell off the back of a Pirates of Caribbean movie set, um, and you know we're gonna introduce. You know, we're gonna set up what's gonna happen. Like, here's here's the season, and we're setting it up, and that's really what this episode felt like. The look of this first episode to me, I have to think back a little bit because obviously it's the one I watched the longest ago. But what I remember, I I felt similarly about the first episode, and what I remembered about it was like, so like they're in Navarro, and Navarro's been cleaned up a fair amount, and that's like kind of the whole point, you know. And and grief cargo, Carl's Carl Weathers' character is like. He's all kind of gone straight. He's the high magistrate and all that stuff. But like the city itself looked like too clean. Like it was like, like it's like, shouldn't it still be like dusty? Like it looked like a different, completely different place it, than it the did. Navarro that we saw in the first two seasons. 
and and like not in a way that it's like oh this is a cleaned up version in a way that it's like no this is like just a flat out different place and i felt like the way it looked plus the look of the space pirates it felt it it felt like i don't know like babylon 5 or something like that like it like it, it had this like 90s like space like space sci-fi like i don't want to say a lot of people like babylon 5 so i don't want to call it a star trek knockoff but kind of like like it had that weird look to it where it's like this looks cheap kind of like the pirate stuff like they, they're they looked cheap and i don't think yes. i ever changed my mind on that even when they come back later in the in the season so yeah it was a rough beginning i thought to the season yeah. i agree willie what what did you think of it of the I watched season. it so fucking long ago, but I remember <laughs> um, initially being like, "Oh shit!" Somebody who didn't see Boba Fett would be lost. Is the first thought, and then sure. I remember the first three episodes having a tough time keeping my attention. Mm. Like, I, I definitely broke them up. I didn't just sit and watch them straight out. I definitely was like kind of texting or fucking around on my phone while it was going on. I, I kind of thought they were, it did remind me a little bit of season one in that they, they felt like little, their own little self-contained things, but they were off the mark for me. Well, so let's, let's move on to the second episode, um, which is chapter 18 and let's it's called, what happens? In it's it. called the the minds of Mandalore. And uh, my note for this, so so my no, my note for this, my note for the first episode is all right. We're setting the stage. And episode two, forget the stage. We're undoing everything we did in, in in the first episode because, like, the biggest thing is like the reason he goes back to Navarro is to get his to get IG eleven. And you know, I need this droid. I need to go to Mandalore. He's the only one that can help me. Like. And like, all right, we'll go find the parts. All right, I'll go find the parts. And he flies back to Tatooine. You got the parts? No. You want this other droid? Sure. Forget IG-11. I'm taking this astromech. Like, forget about the point of the first episode. We're, we're, we're hitting reset. And I was like, it really, I know they were both written. They were both written by John Favreau, but it really felt like, it really felt like, uh, like, I, I, I don't know why. They just like, I felt like they just really undid everything. They say set up in the first episode. Second episode is where he basically goes and gets rebaptized, right? At, at the very end of the episode, he gets rebaptized. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, like the the most of the episode is him going through like the mines of Mandalore. He gets captured, all that kind of stuff, and then Bo-Katan comes. Uh, Grogu goes and gets Bo-Katan. Um, yeah, the very first part of this episode, the the Pelimoto part uh, with with Amy Sedaris, like that felt like prequely in a really bad way to me. Like it was like weird comic relief in a way that like I've liked her character generally, even though it's always been comic relief, but I feel like it's been used fairly well in, in this, in that episode, it felt like it's like, Oh no. Like after the first episode, it was as well. It was just like, Oh no. And then like, I mean that the, the droid he gets is very much like, the R five, right? Like the, 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 this droid's got a bad motivator like that. Like, Yes, yeah. it is the same. It is canonically yeah. the same droid from episode yeah, four. Yeah, I thought so. R five D four. Um, I mean, okay, like that. That also felt a little bit like, uh, really, like. Okay. I mean, at least it's the same planet, so it makes. That's true. I mean, sense. it is. Yeah, it's on Tatooine, but still, that guy's that guy's been kicking around for however many years. And and also, this episode made me really 
think about the internal geometry of his of the N one Starfighter. That like they took away Grogu's pod, and it's like, yeah, but he's fine. He still can like hang out on his lap and like keep his little pod below. And like, I don't know. That just it just felt weird. Yeah. I um, I liked it more once we got to Mandalore. Like that that part of the. Yeah, like 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 yeah that, that that part of the episode felt like the first time in the season so far where it felt like it's like this feels a little more like previous seasons where it's like the two of them exploring and like it like the going through like down further into the mines and seeing like the old ruined parts of Mandalore like that was kind of cool like I, I felt like that set design was better generally so so I could get with that part a little more. I, I agree with you. The two things that bothered me about it, though, one, I thought this was going to be the point of the whole season was like, Same. let's go to Mandalore and do this. And two, like, there's like all this stuff like, oh, Mandalore is poisoned and you can't go back there and all this stuff. But he's like, well, I'm just going to fly there and find out. And it turns out like you could just do that. And, and it turns out everything's fine. And like, it's like, did, did, has nobody ever done this before? And like bothered to like, just go and check. Like, it doesn't seem that hard. Right. I mean, maybe it kind of underlines how like weird and culty like their group are, because like I think like in season two, Bo-Katan had more or less said that, like that it's like, oh, Kurt, like you can go there. There's just nothing there. And then like she kind of says it in this one, too, when like he tries to get her to go with him in the beginning and or towards the beginning. And she's like, no, I'm not going there. But like like she she definitely tells him where it is and doesn't say like you'll die if you go or anything like that. Right. Yeah, I guess that's. I mean, I guess that's yeah. true. I, I got the impression that she just didn't believe it was poisoned, um, not that she like had been there and knew it wasn't or something like that. That's fair. But, that's fair. That 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 may be the case. I don't. I don't think that's ever all that clear. Right. So he. Is, so, go ahead. I was say, what did you think about Bo Katan in this episode, and kind of for the season? This episode in particular, I fought, felt like it was forced. Um, I feel like. First of all, I feel like they move things around in editing because I feel like it, in the chronology of the show, like he flies to the Mandalorian system. I don't know what it's called. Like goes to the other planet where Bo-Katan is and then flies back to only then fly back again to the Mandalorian system right after. And I feel, yeah, like, what, point. I feel like what they wanted to do was get Katie Sackhoff to appear in the first episode. Hmm. Um, and it would have made more sense if he flew there and just talked to her and then just hopped across the system over to Mandalore and like it I don't know it 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 made it feel like weird and and kind of broken up for me I will say as somebody who saw all of Rebels and was familiar with Bo-Katan like I didn't like her character like I didn't like the character in the cartoon very much and like I, f I felt like the the cartoon got like way too much into Mandalorian like politics and and everything that's going on in a way that like I kind of didn't care um but I mostly liked her in this. Um, I have to say, like in the season, um, you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like um, you know, I wasn't so because I was familiar with the character, I wasn't that excited for her. But you know, she ended up being a character. You know, I you know, I really liked as as the season kind of progressed, and she kind of became more complex and not just like one note, like she was when they introduced her. I mean, you can make a pretty good argument, right? That like the way that the way that the Mandalorian kind of came in and kind of pulled Boba Fett's season out for or Boba Fett show out from under him, that this season is kind of Bo-Katan season and not Din Djarin's. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's much more her journey, I would say from, from 
this episode onward and especially starting with the next episode um right and, and like and like jinjarn is just kind of like along for the ride more or less. right right like it, it's not like nothing happens but there's yeah it, it does yeah. feel that way a little bit um there are parts of her stuff that i thought were definitely forced and i think we'll we'll get to that i think as we go to future episodes though and i'll i can point out what i thought was forced um you know but i i thought i don't know i, I like this episode more i would say you know in, in especially the back half of it i thought made a lot a lot of sense it was interesting to see that um they in the scene where he has been captured by that kind of cyborg thing um, thing. yeah exactly <laughs> in it down in the mines and she comes to save him grogu brings her and she comes to save him that she picks up that she gets the dark saber at one point which has been like kind of like you know sort of taken away from him um and fights off the creature with that and she looks like right from the beginning she looks like so much more natural wielding the dark saber than he does um well, she's had it before too and right she, right and she, yeah she's has a lot more experience with it and knows how to use it and all that stuff yeah and it's also interesting like the way that they play that like this they mentioned this in boba fett right in the book of boba fett that it's like it it's like fighting him a little bit like and i forget the exact reason he's fighting, for it, but like, he has or he's, he's fighting, fighting yet right yeah. right right exactly yeah yeah because he and the armor have like a conversation about it in in, I'm one, actually, in one of the uh, Boba Fett episodes i'm glad she got that sword back lickety split yeah yeah although we could we'll, we'll get there we'll talk about the way that that that, that, that happens um right. and yeah and then at the end right he he hops in the water and steps off a cliff without realizing it and plummets like really far down into the water really far jehovah's down. Yeah. jehovah's spelled with an eye yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that far down um yeah and then she dives down gets him and sees the mythosaur on, on right which i didn't really understand the significance of until i heard like a review podcast of this of the show like but whatever i guess like i i guess if you don't know what it is it's not a not a big deal i mean they talk about it later and it's like right i don't know um again like somebody is somebody is super in love with like mandalorian lore i, I mean i think it's dave filoni but like probably right yeah if, they really yeah. they really dive into the lore this season the, the mandalore if you will i don't think i will okay fair enough uh, so then we move to the next episode, which uh, in my notes I call the in-flight movie because um, Jin and Bo-Katan take off, they go into hyperspace, and then we cut away for like a while, for like 35 minutes back to Coruscant to answer the question that nobody was asking, what happened to the evil genetic doctor um, from earlier in the show? Well said. <laughs> Yeah, and this was a weird one. Like, um, I didn't mind. So, like, it's it's interesting because um, after after I watched it, I like looked online to see. It's like, what did people think of this episode? And I saw a lot of people dismiss this episode as like, oh, like it felt like John Favreau like saw Andor and was like, I want to do Andor too for an episode and like put this thing on course. But I don't yeah. think that's really fair because Andor unless he got a lot of like very advanced screenings, like this would have been written and shot like well before Andor came out. Right. Like I don't think I don't like Andor didn't come out until like December. Like I don't. And it's, and it's not like a, it's not really a political intrigue. 
No, uh, it, it's just a thing that episode. also takes place on Coruscant. Right, exactly. Right. Um, an overly convoluted thing that takes a very long time to happen. The, my, although I will say one thing that I actually really, really liked from this, which is a tiny little thing, was the fact that like they had built that kind of monument around the tallest mountain on the planet. And they were kind of like walking at the same level as the peak of the mountain. And I thought that was really, really cool. It, it's, it's a cool idea, definitely. Yeah. Like it gives you a sense of how ridiculously built up Coruscant is. Um, yeah, and it, it occurs in a scene that does not, it's like a, a scene that does not need to be in the episode at all. Right, right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, so it, it's it's a nice, like, a, it's a very cool idea that occurs in the middle of, like, a 10-minute long scene that absolutely doesn't need to be in the episode. Because, right. like, to, like, them becoming, like, like friends and, and buddies, like the, the double agent and the doctor, like, you know, becoming pals and like, all right, the glowing popsicles were kind of cool, but like in the end, like for what, for, for what ended up having at the end, it was like, man, they spent a lot of time building up that relationship for like no good reason. Ultimately. I, it's interesting. Cause like I thought about it more afterwards. Cause like you said, it is like a weird episode for the season. Like it's like, it is the episode that like just doesn't belong. And like, thinking back on it, it was like, if this story was just like some standalone, like Star Wars short story somehow or something like that, it's like, I'd be fine with the story on its own. Like, it's kind of an interesting story. There are a couple things in here that I actually liked a fair amount that they brought in. Like one is I really like this, this idea of this like repatriation program for former yep. Imperials. Like, like that is a good concept and it's one that makes sense that it would totally happen. Like, and I liked sort of the idea, like they explained it a little bit and how it worked. Um, I also like, like, you know, most of it is what's, what's her name? Elia Kane, right? I think is the, she's, yeah, she's Kane's her name. I don't, yeah. yeah, she's, she's basically, she's Moff Gideon's former comms officer and she's also rehabilitated, but as it turns out, not so much. Um, she's kind of she Game of Thrones. Was she one of the sisters in Game of Thrones? Oh, I don't know. She's got kind of the same hairdo kind of thing going, right? Yeah. I looked her up back when that happened as i do with most of these people it's like who's this who's that um and there are some gems in here which we'll get to um but i don't remember if she was someone who i actually ended up knowing or not um but like i i kind of felt like the the other the other thing that was kind of nice at the cool at the end i thought was like sort of like a bit of a reveal that like the new republic kind of sucks and that this is the sort of the first part of it and then like that that sentiment kind of grows during the season a little bit. The the right. part here I would say is like, it's not entirely clear. Like I, I don't think we're meant to think that the new Republic knows that she basically set him up. Like, I, no, think I don't just, think so. Right. Exactly. Yeah. She, I mean, she, she completely sets him up, but the fact that they're using what is basically an Imperial torture device, even if they've sort of like saying like, Oh, we've set it down to like, it's not really torture anymore. If you do it this way, it's still kind of like, eh, like this seems not great. And it also seems like, like, yeah, the, the new Republic doesn't like, you know, this all this exists in a, in a, in a world where security cameras don't exist. Cause she just like, or, or there's no logging. Like, they're not going to know that she fucking turned the machine up to 11. Like they just, I, I really want to know what happened. Like when they came back in, like, all right, doc, you should be all done. Oh my God. Like your brain is scrambled or whatever. And it's like, oh, well, I guess it didn't work. Let's, you know, let's throw him in a cell where he can babble for the rest of his life or whatever. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Like, 
Like, how did she talk her way out of that? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And and then I thought, okay, so they, 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 they spent a lot of time introducing this character. Like, she must be a big part of the this season. Because, um, like, during these first three episodes, I kept being like, is this what the season's about? Is this what the season's about? Right. Um, and I thought that was going to be true with her. And it turns out, no, not really. Like, she shows up, like, twice more for, like, five minutes each. And that's pretty much it. Um, so, yeah, super weird. Um, super weird. And then, and, then, and then at the end, right, um, the Mandalorian and Bo-Katan show up at the covert. And it's like, well, everything, uh, it, you know, to, to make the obligatory Simpsons reference, it felt very much like, well, everything's sure wrapped up you know, yeah. and a lot quicker than usual. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess we're done. <laughs> like, you know, like everything seems fine. Um, right. I, I just remember finishing the third episode and being like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Like, like now episode. what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like everything seems fine now. Right. And, and that's sort of, um, that is sort of uh, borne out by kind of episode four, which we'll get to. But before that, there are two more things I wanted to mention about this episode. Uh, one, good and bad, I guess. Uh, one thing that I thought was nice a little bit. The episode is called The Convert, and I'm assuming there's an intentional double meaning there, right? Because both stories, like this could refer to Pershing or Kane, depending on what you want to talk about, being like sort of a convert from the empire to the new republic and is also clearly meant to talk about bo-katan kind of joining the covert at the end as like oh, sort right. of committing to the way or whatever it is like, well, like or kind of like getting in on a technicality where she's like which is the part i didn't like yeah. that's that's the part i was going to get to it's like there's maybe nothing more contrived than that it's like she just happened not to remove her helmet the whole time yeah i forgot and, <laughs> right and it, yeah it's like why would she not have removed her helmet like she's just like on her like like in, in her ship and she's just like oh, you know what not gonna take this off even though we see her without it like plenty of times plenty like, of times, yeah. yeah like she like the mandalorians once you start paying attention to it the 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 non-culty mandalorians they will take their helmet off at the drop of a hat yeah like the first moment there's like a drop in the action they're like all right everybody helmets off yeah um this shit's gotta be hot and heavy dude yeah there's some other hilarious stuff with Mandalorians that we'll get to. <laughs> there is, I, I found them kind of hilarious, not in a great way. Um, in this, I mean, I feel like show. like looking back on it, like the armorer knew what she was doing. She was basically yeah. like, "All right, like if I can like weasel her in through the back door, like maybe I can bring her around." And right. like ultimately does right, but like in the moment, it felt really weird. Yes, agreed. Like we needed we needed the armorer to go like. Uh, back into her room at the end and have like a Doogie Hauser moment where she's like writing in her journal. It's like, ah, I think we can get like Bo-Katan to our side. You know, I got her to, you know, to commit to the way at least for a little while. Interesting fact, by the way, about the armor um, mm -hmm. or the actress who plays her, Emily Swallow. Um, and I feel like I knew this because she's been, you know, in the show since the beginning, but like I looked it up again recently. Um, not British. <laughs> Huh. She is she's American. She's from Virginia. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, you know, we see it go the other way a lot where it's like, you know, they hire the British actors and they have the American accents and you don't even right. know they're British. You know, a lot of times people are like, you know, like Tom Holland's British, Andrew Garfield's British or like whoever. Why did I only pick Spider-Man? I don't know. But um, <laughs> for examples, but um, you don't really see Americans being hired to be. It's like, but we want you to play this with a British accent. We've been watching, um, my wife and I have been re-watching re re old Law and Order episodes during lunchtime, and we're watching the the semi-recent ones, like, not the ones from the last couple of years, but, like, just before it ended the first time, where 
Linus Roach is the D is the, the, the DA. And, um, every once in a while he'll say something weird. And my wife will be like, why did she, why did he say that like that? And be like, because he's trying to hide his accent and he's trying to do an American accent. It's like, and uh, mildly like, succeeding. Like, yeah. I will always, when, whenever you say that, I will always think of, uh, Dominic West saying Daniels in, oh. in the wire. Thing. Jesus. <laughs> Every once in a while. Daniels just died. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he did very recently. That was shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so then, so then we go to the, the halfway point, uh, the foundling episode or, um, you know, whatever happened to Jar Jar Binks. Um, and, um, yeah. And we have a weird dragon episode. <laughs> kind of in the middle um that i guess it raises a plot a little bit but a very short episode it's like like 25 minutes or something like that when you take out when you take out the credits and the previouses i mean these episodes were all over the place like the first episode was 35 minutes with credits and then like they're like two episodes that are like like 57 minutes Yeah. yeah exactly um but i think the interesting thing about this episode is like we we find out a little bit of grogu's backstory where like as alluded to not Jar Jar Binks, but the actor who played him gets to play a Jedi um, who rescues uh, Grogu during Order 66. Yeah. I mean, I, I think people said this a lot when that episode came out, but um, that was a cool thing to do. Meaning like for, cool. like 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 for Ahmed Best, I feel like that was a cool thing to do for him because, you know, dude, you know, it's it's not exactly his fault that Jar Jar sucks. I mean, he played Jar Jar, but it's like he didn't write the stuff and he was kind of asked to do what he did. And, you know, he kind of became basically the focal point for everyone's hate for, like, a number of years. Yeah, I mean, him and Jake Lloyd, like, neither one of them right. deserved right. anywhere near the amount of hate that they got at the time, mm. for sure. I like that scene, though, period. Forget about, like, you know, what they did for the actor. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It's I fucking badass he- when he, when he, like, when you first see him and the thing closes and he takes out those two lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Like, it was pretty cool. I thought that was going to be the end of him, too. I thought he was like, this is my death stance, like, and, and right. Grogu's going to be on his own. But no, he, yeah. he pulls it off and pretty well. And he doesn't die it, in that scene, I mean. Like, like yeah. they get away and all that, which means there is very much further, you know, potential to see, like, some more, you know, like, then what happened? Like, how did Grogu get to where he ended up when the Mandalorian, you know, got him? Yeah, because there's, there's, I mean, there's obviously still more of that backstory to tell, right? Right, right. Um, and and that is a character that I would be interested to continue seeing a little more. Like he, he seemed like a cool character, yeah. even though even though he said like five lines at most, like he seemed like a cool character. So I like, I did like that part. Yeah, hmm. the 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 dragon stuff on the on like, like you know, the Mandalorians who set up their base in the worst possible place between like the giant the giant alligators and and the dragons um like that part like it's just like the only the only reason it's there in my mind is for bo-katan to kind of like earn some respect yes amongst the covert right yeah. that's that's what we're trying to do here 100 percent. the um so so like the the other mandalorian who like gets a fair amount of time from you know from that uh in this season from their covert is paz Vizla, the 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 kind of the big guy with the huge Egon or the repeater who yeah, big uh dude yeah yeah I just kind call of, him big dude yeah and we saw him he was in the book of boba fett he's the guy who fights uh right who uh who fights dinjar in, in that um but i did not know i don't know why i never bothered to look it up or anything like that he's voiced by john favreau wouldn't oh, i guess really? that <laughs> 
yeah yeah that is that is john favreau's voice which I'll, i will have to I, I only saw that once i like finished watching so i'll have to go back and listen and see if i can tell at all that it's him or not yeah i did not clock that at all mm. yeah yeah it's but, the voice of happy that's right yeah exactly <laughs> i want to hear Paz Vizla uh, living leaving a very long message on a girl's answering machine now oh my god this is the most awkward scene in the history of movies it's so good <laughs> So now we're halfway through the season. I still don't know what the season's about yet. No. Um, but we're not going to find out in the next episode because right. the next episode's about pirates. <laughs> Every, um, everyone's favorite, the characters I loved so much from the first episode are back, baby. <laughs> yep. Yep. The walking salad is, is back. Um, <laughs> Gorian Shard. There's a good Star Wars name. <laughs> that is a good Star Wars name. Um yeah, we gotta we gotta fight we gotta fight the we gotta fight the pirates and and take them out. Um, which, okay, they do in short order. <laughs> like, uh, you know, this in my mind, this is probably the most forgettable episode of the season. Like, insofar as like, I have trouble remembering what happens in this episode. Um, it's like the pirates show up, they they take they take over the planet, and for a little while, um, our ex-wing buddy, I forget his name. Um, uh carson tiva or Tava. right oh so this is th th that's right so that means this is the episode that has tim meadows in it <laughs> it is the episode with tim meadows in it. <laughs> that's yes. right it was definitely like the high point of the episode even though he's super briefly in it but yeah even because though i do just, like even it's a little just bit of tim meadows like, don't, don't being tim meadows that's my, that's my work spot and then yeah. Troy just puts it there and he's and like, like yeah 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 um, yeah, I, think, I don't know. I, I think the point was to show the Mandalorians fighting together for once. It was, yeah. It was it was it it's it's slowly furthering. And and the end of the episode is where the end of this episode is where the armor tells her to take her helmet off and kind of announces that like she's going to bring everyone together and we're and we're going to like retake Mandalore. That 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 well, is how this episode ends. Right. And my and and I think the 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 issue that I have there is that it didn't really feel like she was bought in on the plan at this point. Like it felt like Bo-Katan was just kind of going along with what the armorer said to do. And she's just like, all right, like, I guess I can take, keep my helmet off and, you know, kind of do whatever. And all right. Like, but yeah, I wanted her to be like on board with this plan. Like, yeah, maybe I can unite Mandalore and get these people back. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like, as we're going through it now and talking through it and knowing that we're on episode five and knowing what happens in episode six, which we're about to talk about, it really feels like such a like shaggy dog story that like kind of makes its way to like where it's trying to go at the very end anyway. <laughs> like, it's like, it really is like, it's like, how are we getting from point A to point B? It's like kind of all over the place. Um, you know, and, and like you said, like that's kind of borne out by the fact that it's sort of like, okay, like we have to kind of move this into like, let's retake Mandalore. But like, you're not really sure if they've gotten the characters there, like in terms of their own, you know, like, like where they would have to be. And it also, it also felt, I agree with that. And it also felt weird because this, this is the episode, like in the same episode that like they, they rescued, like they freed Navarro or whatever. Um, they get granted a huge tract of land. You, you know, they get to like live out in the open. And the first thing they do is like, forget this. We're going to take back Mandalore. And it's like, wait a minute. Like this literally like just happened. Right. Um, right. Like it would have been nice if that had spaced out a little bit and they had actually like lived among the people or whatever, but no, forget that. Right. Like we're taking back Mandalore. Take, taking it back from whom at this point, we don't know. 
Right. Right. Exactly. I, I guess even they don't know, really. Yeah. Even they don't know. <clears throat> yeah. This episode also brings back Yulia Kane for that Tim Meadows scene. So that, so that we see her acting, you know, suspicious yet again. And and the New Republic people, again, seeming not to notice at all that she's being suspicious in any way. Right. And I have to wonder, like, how she ended up in that office. Like, did she actually like, know that guy was was showing up and like... Or was this just how, like very good luck that she just happened to work yeah. in that office and he comes telling the story about like a place she has interest in? Right. Like it, it, that felt weird because there's no way that like Moff Gideon could have known that this guy was going to do was going to do was going to fly there and do all this stuff. He didn't even know that anything was going on. Right. Like in the next episode, right, she exactly. tells she's the one who tells him what's going on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So how did she, you know it, it? It makes the universe feel small, which kind of sucks that like. Like she can just bump into this, you know, random meeting that's happening, you know. Right. Um, so then we move on to the to the only episode uh, without a definite article, guns for hire, um, or what I call in my notes, droid shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> um, where we get to have like a, a lighthearted episode. Yeah. Yeah. This absolutely. one I definitely couldn't pay attention to. This was an interesting episode like it's like so you know like so, so you got the pairing of jack black and lizzo as like which are great I don't by know. the way yeah i don't know what kind of weird you bingo so? thing they were doing i, 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 mean, I did like them together I, don't know. I thought lizzo was wooden as fuck i was like it's like i don't I, I didn't know i actually didn't know it was lizzo but i was like I don't know, this has got to be a first-time actress. I was like, she's wooden as shit. Well, you were right I like, about that part. I like the way she was with Grogu, and like that she just like... Totally. I like the way she was with Grogu, too, but like I would agree that she was pretty wooden. Jack Black, I liked a lot. I, I felt like his his big beard that he's been rocking for the last couple of years really came in handy here. Like Just like the whole way he was set up, and just his very flowery, like simpering kind of way of talking, and like, getting, like I, I just enjoyed his character a lot, and I mean, his character's name is Captain Bombardier, which is fantastic. You you would kind of think he would ultimately end up being the bad guy in this, right? He's like the outsider who came in, wooed the Duchess, um, and all this stuff. But nope. Um, Ends up being Christopher Lloyd. We got Christopher <laughs> Lloyd for that. Frick. What, a weird, what a weird episode this is. Um, the other thing I kind of like in this episode is the all of the droid shenanigan stuff like where this like this episode just inexplicably becomes like cbs detective show for like 25 minutes where they're like go like it very much feels like like a like it's like csi plazier or whatever we're talking about yeah a little like bit they, but like, like like they go and interrogate the droids there's this like running after the suspect and chasing them down some of that i was into because i, I, I was too kind of but it, it was odd <laughs> Because one of the things I liked about the Mandalorian was just like, you know, it was like a little bit A-team, a little bit Incredible Hulk. Like he's kind of making his way yeah. and getting wrapped up in the stuff. And like this was kind of the only episode of the season that felt that like that. That really did that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, the first, I mean, the first season had a lot of that before like it it developed a little more of a through line at the end. Like it, it, it and it was very specifically Western. But like, you know, it's like, I think one of my favorite episodes of the first season is that um, the episode where he meets Cara Dune. The one, the one where they saved the village from the uh, from the like the Walker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
because that's a very western thing like it like it feels like a very like seven samurai or, or like magnificent seven kind of thing um where you know it's like they're hired to like save this village and they help the villagers fight back and all that and it's like i i thought that was just a very well done episode and felt very like western inspired um but yeah you're right like you know last last season although it was meaning season season two although it was generally a very good season really didn't do much of that maybe past the first episode the the timothy oliphant one um and then yeah this season really doesn't have it at all except for this episode yeah um and and this i I thought this there was a lot of good interplay between bokatan and jinjarin in this um, like they have a lot of like they have a lot of banter. It's like there's some downtime, like you know, getting to know each other better. Like and 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 I thought the two the two of them like played off each other well as much as like you know Katie Sackhoff and random person in the Mandalorian suit with Pedro Pascal doing voiceover later can <laughs> can play off each other. Those guys uh those guys got credited this year and like every all the end credits had the two guys who were in the Mandalorian costume. They got like pretty high credit right like i think they were credited right after like it was like pedro pascal and like katie sackhoff and then like whatever one or two people like carl weathers if he was there and then it was right. like those two guys brendan wayne and latif crowder yep huh. they did they did get they did get so, credited, which is so good. good for them yeah exactly because they did a lot of work um this is right we did not we do not see pedro pascal's face at all in this season right i, I, I was gonna bring maybe, that up we, yeah. yeah we maybe mentioned that here since we're talking about it he fully he, he expected was... to see him at the end to see something happen at the end yeah like when they're like we'll talk about it but like when they're at the cabin at the end i definitely thought uh... i thought where it was gonna happen you know we can talk about it more was um i thought moff gideon was going to like further disgrace him when he captures him by being oh, like take yeah. off his helmet like that like that's very much what i thought was going to happen and it was like oh this is where we're going to get a pedro Pedro pascal face shot and it's like no no it didn't happen okay (laughs) it's like i guess it'll be in the last episode then it didn't happen there either nope phone that phone this phoned it in this this yeah he really did literally did this season busy busy spending time with nick cage Hmm. i guess Um, he I guess he was too busy uh i I think he actually was busy on um last of us right oh yeah that would make sense like there's talk about like how much more mandalorian like how much of pedro pascal we're gonna see in the mandalorian it really depends on like how much last of us there is and stuff like that yeah yeah well that would that would make a lot of sense um other stuff is this is this is this the episode where we finally see moff moff gideon again yeah but only no we see him in the beginning through the uh beginning yeah through the oh yeah he's on the phone yeah, the random Imperial probe droid that is in like in Coruscant. <laughs> That's a big city. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, so, planet, a planet-sized city, I guess. <laughs> so officially, officially back, right? And um, right, they teased it in an episode or two before that, right? Like I think the episode, maybe the episode before that, the pirate episode is like when he's talking to Tim Meadows. He like mentions about how it's like moff gideon no one seems to know where moff gideon's transport went or something and then he finds it at the very end oh yeah the 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 x-wing pilot like connecting all the dots part didn't make any sense to me at the time and still doesn't like but it's weird because like they um they do like weird in in the mandalorian in this season and i think both of the things i'm about to mention happened in this episode one of them you already talked about they like do some misdirection but it's like misdirection that they only hint at in the first place. So like, you don't ever know if it was really intended to be misdirection. So like one of them is that um, you is the Jack Black thing you talked about 
where it's like it's kind of like so maybe the idea here is like they they're, they're talking about how jack black was a formal former imperial and how you know he's come in and the place has really changed like christopher lloyd says the place has really changed so they get there but like in a normal and maybe it's good to be this subtle but like in a normal one of these kind of detective shows you would have the detectives i.e bo katan and and the mandalorian like openly musing about like it's like huh like seems like something could be fishy there with him like we should go talk to him but they never do any of that they never suspect him in any way shape or form and then it turns out it, you know he was fine all along and it was fine so it's like kind of a weird sort of misdirection like it follows the conventions of how those shows would work but like not completely mm-hmm. and then the other one they do is like the end of the previous episode they like Moff Gideon escape has escaped and they find like Beskar fragments of Beskar alloy and like the guy on the phone is like you mean he was like he was like whatever like cat or uh, broken out by mandalorians and it ends like that and then the very first scene of the next episode is a whole group of mandalorians who are like out for contract where it's just like we'll be hired by anybody and do whatever right. and the clear implication is that it's like oh these guys broke moff gideon out but hmm. then at the end it's like they don't ever say it wasn't them but they don't ever say it was and i think the clear implication is it's like no he like had these like best car stormtroopers or something that he had like created, like help break him out or so like, like there's all these best car stuff with him. And I don't think we're supposed to take the implication that they broke Moff Gideon out. Oh my God. I didn't even think I didn't even put that together. So you just said it. I just assumed like, yeah, they, they, that was one of their jobs was they broke out Moff Gideon, which is possible, but like, it seems, but it does seem a little unlikely. It seems like even for money, they would not want to do that. Like Moff Gideon has a very specific, like, bad association with mandalorians mm-hmm. where it feels like it would be like there'd have to be a lot of money for them to take that which i guess they would have gotten a lot of money but still right and and again it feels like if if that was the implication then they should have like had a confirmation like they should have had mock gideon like taunt them about it or something at some point you know like like to, to confirm that it's like oh yeah like those guys did break moff gideon out because it feels weird otherwise that it's like so i guess we're meant to think that he didn't that 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 wasn't really the case even though like they kind of implied it was in the beginning but i don't really know if what we're supposed to take from that i kind of so. get the i, I kind of get the impression and that the original idea for this season was supposed to have a lot more moff gideon in it um mm. and they kind of either like Giancarlo Esposito wasn't available that much or I, I don't know what but like it felt like they had to dial that plot line way back and, and like part of me feels like, all right, so they introduced like the pirates a little bit to give you something else to do. And like, it just it just felt like something they wanted to be bigger. And then in the end, like, you don't see Moff Gideon very much. He spends a lot of time in a helmet doing voiceover. Um, and yeah, it just, it just, it, it just felt like, like there was no big reveal of Moff Gideon. It was just like, oh, he's on the phone and here he is. Right. You know? And like I was like, well, where's the like the grand entrance or whatever that you would you know you would expect for like oh you thought this guy was gone but he's back kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was it was kind of weirdly done, though the yeah. whole way around. Um. Okay, so then the end of this episode, um, after all of the droid shenanigans die down, um, very weird that like Christopher Lloyd gives this like impassioned speech is kind of cool that they <clears throat> he's not an empire guy they just they make him a separatist of all things yeah um, didn't see that coming. So, yeah definitely did not see that coming um but he gives this big impassioned speech and he's like don't make me push this button and then they like hit him or whatever and then like when he's brought before um 
when he's brought before uh you know the duchess <laughs> before lizzo he's like so like penitent like he's not nice to jack black but like with lizzo he's like basically just like i'm sorry maybe you can forgive me someday and i'll i'll go to exile on my moon <laughs> like it's like like it's just kind of like oh, okay like i guess he's like just resigned to this like <laughs> that i kind of petered out <laughs> like i feel like um i feel like separatists are the libertarians of the star wars universe totally the the way he gives that speech has libertarian written all over it i i totally agree and then um, you have this fight at the end. Like then, then there's like the Mandalorian part at the very end, where they like confront Bo-Katan confronts her like former group, who are now the mercenaries, including a, Axe She Wolves. has a very cool fight. She does, like with that, the jetpacks and everything. That was a very cool fight. I felt like that fight made really good use of like all the weapons and gadgets that Mandalorians have at their disposal. Like using right. the jetpacks in really cool ways. Using that like light shield thing on the like yep. on their on yeah, and then like using um you know the whatever like the grappling hook or the, the bolo the or whatever you want to call yeah, yeah exactly um and and they use it both of them like use them in kind of cool ways at like cool angles like that you wouldn't expect so yeah i i agree i thought that was a very cool fight the part that's weird at the end though is like so you so you were gonna bring this up before yeah um, so so it's finally like you know the, the thing is like when's bokatan gonna get the dark saber back and how is that gonna happen and and stuff like that. And like at the end, it's like, you know, you, you don't have the dark saber. And Jin is like, I'm gonna get you the dark saber. I'm like, oh, here we go. We're gonna get an even cooler fight. And like, what's gonna happen here? And he's just like, Nope, I can like I can give you the dark saber on a technicality because like I got captured and and it fell out of my pocket and she picked it up and 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 killed the guy with it because it was handy. So it's technically hers. And it's like and and like I kind of get the feeling that like all the Mandalorians were like, I don't know about this. And the, and they were just like, well, we wanted to have it. So we'll go, we'll, we'll, we'll let it slide and we'll say, yeah, you can have it. Yeah. Well, well it was just like, like they, it, it just feels like they're like, like it feels like Mandalorians would like love like lawyer shows or something. Like it's like, there's a thing where it's like, it's like impeccable logic. He's got us there. It's like by the transitive property. Like he's like, well, this guy beat me. And then she beat that guy. So wouldn't that make it hers? Huh? It's like, it's like, yeah, you got us, you got us. It's like you, you somehow didn't work Columbo into that reference. Yeah. yeah, I know. How did how did I not do that? Um, uh, just one more thing. One more yeah, thing. There you go. Shouldn't the hermit crab actually lead the Mandalorians now? So it it reminded me though of um in the previous episode the um the pirate episode i think right at the beginning of the episode um after carson tiva comes and tells din Djarin that it's like oh like navarro's under attack your friend like needs help or whatever mm -hmm. and then he like tries to convince the mandalorians to go and then john favreau gets up and gives this hilarious speech right where he's like he does the whole fake out like it's like why should we help them like it's like we gave right. our lives like why should we do this and everyone's like rah, 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 rah. and then he's like because we're Mandalorians, and everyone's like, "That's what we yeah. do." Everyone's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. and it's like, "Wow, that was quick." They 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 turned around quickly on that one. Like he had him, he had him eating out of the palm of his hand. There, I just found that whole thing like like his his speech was kind of hilarious, but I found the reactions of like the rank and file Mandalorians hilarious too because they're like, it was just very much like it's like it. Would, wouldn't be Podflix without us doing a Simpsons reference. It reminded me very much of the 
uh Edna Krabaffle versus Seymour Skinner like fight about like it's like it's like it's like more money means more taxes you know uh, like, his finger like, thing means the taxes tax. come on <laughs> it's like, like like it just I like to yeah. think that he he gives those speeches all the time like you know it's like it's his night to make dinner or whatever. And they're like, I thought you were making tacos. Like, why are we eating spaghetti? And he gives like this big speech about like why they why they have to eat spaghetti that night or whatever. Um, or like he's picking Maybe. the movie. It's like, why are we watching like, you know, Home Alone again? And he's like, because we're Mandalorians. Yeah. Like he does the same rhetorical device every time he gives a speech. Like yeah. he, he turns it around at the end. And so like, as soon as he starts talking, like the rest of the Mandalorian, like there's a couple guys in the crowd who are just like, Oh, here it comes. Here it comes, man. He's yeah. going to do it. He's going to do it. He's only going to, yeah. <laughs> right. Like they love it. They eat it up every time he does it. Right. Yeah. They're leaving. They're um, like fucking pause Vizsla, man. Every time. <laughs> uh, I forgot where we left. Oh, so, so now we're, <laughs> we're, we're into the, the, the two parts finale or as yeah. i like to call it the, the thing the season is actually about right um and we're going to go back to mandalore um and 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 just i don't know we're going to find the forge and and i guess just set up a tent and we're good to go but unfortunately it turns out that you know moff gideon's been there for a while and you know he's really made himself comfortable we also got some homies they, they left behind the homies oh. they left behind yeah these like okay we got jack black and lizzo and whatever the homies they left behind dude so one of them is our boy warlock from top gun maverick the guy who i was like are we supposed to know who he is like he, right. he seems to be really good friends with maverick and i don't know why and we had a big conversation about that yeah. so he's like, there. i wish i saw more of him yeah well and we then, got more of him yeah exactly as a mandalorian and then his side and he's kick, great by the way his sidekick the whole time i was like who is this? I know this guy, and I looked him up. And if you've seen Breaking Bad, he's motherfucking Skinny Pete. Skinny oh, Pete from Breaking Bad is a Mandalorian, huh. which was oh, awesome, and did not look like Skinny Pete because you know he doesn't look like a fucking meth head or whatever Skinny Pete does. But okay. yeah, I, I liked. I did like them in their weird flying ship kind of thing. They're like like those guys have an amazing backstory, and we get to hear none of it. Yeah, almost not. It's like like they just little teases, and it's just like this sounds like it would have been a cool story, like about <laughs> yeah. surviving like roving across Mandalore for like uh, years. <laughs> yeah, it's not clear to me how long it's been since the siege of Mandalore and like all that stuff happened that these guys have been out there. But like, it has to have been a very long time, right? Like, we've talked about this before. How how long after? After the Battle of Yavin, does the Mandalorian take place? Uh, it's, it's 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 a few it's, years. It's like it's like seven years after Jedi, right? Is is the first season of the Mandalorian? Okay, I think I think it's something like that, but it's not clear how much time it passes during the Mandalorian. within the Mandalorian. Yeah. And, and Jedi is uh, how much after after star wars jedi itself is like a couple years right like a, like yes, a couple like years go years by or something yeah over the course of the trilogy um yeah so like that's so so th that puts us at probably around like 11 or 12 years um after the battle of yavin maybe by the time this is going on i could be wrong maybe it's like nine but um somewhere in jedi there. takes place four years after the battle of yavin okay and the Mandalorian has to have 
bridged a decent amount of time at this point, like from the beginning, from the first episode of the first season to where we are now. I mean, I think it's clear that like, yes, significant time has passed. Right. Um, right. So season one takes place nine years after the Battle of Yavin, but it's not clear how much time passes internally. Right. I think I think two years is a I mean, it, it could be more than that, but like I, I feel like two years seems about right. Yeah, I think that's they've reasonable. gone by. All right, so that's eleven years. And then when did the purge of Mandalore happen? Like that happened like at some point after the Empire was formed, which is, you know, nineteen years before the Battle of Yavin. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It just feels like it's been like and, and it you know, it didn't happen nineteen years, it happened sometime after that. But like it's got to be at least 20 years, right? That they've been, that they've been like moving around on Mandalore. Like the purge of Mandalore, like happen, have to have, has to have happened about 20 years before that. So the night of a thousand tears, which they reference as like yes. the night that Mandalore fell took place 19 years before the battle of Yavin. Right. So it is actually when, when the empire was formed more or less 19 right. years before the, yeah. And then, and so it's been about 25 years since that's happened. Yeah. That's crazy. They've been. A, they've, is, is are we really meant to think that that they've been roving around Mandalore for twenty five years? I mean, that was a pretty big boat. They, they, they it was. built up. Yeah, that is true. That is, Great, that is it, a good point. It, it gets pieced out pretty quickly, but it does by some gigantic thing that you know, over twenty five years they never ran into that thing, but here it is now, yep. <laughs> right at the worst time. Um, yeah, I mean this. I don't know what to say about this episode. Like it's setting up the the finale. Right, really, right. right. This is really. I mean, this is very much a two part episode. Like, in as much as the last episode picks up immediately where this one leaves off. I mean, this one's really about like you know getting to Mandalore and kind of working together a little bit, and then it's really about the reveal, like you said before, that this Mandalore is kind of being used as a base. I guess a cool part of this episode in the beginning is sort of the introduction of what do they call it? The shadow council, basically the remnant of yeah. the empire that's left. Um, you know, you have, you have a whole scene in the pre cred, the pre title sequence where uh, Moff Gideon kind of goes and talks to the other commanders or whatever of, of the empire, including commandant Hux, who is um, the, the Hux we know in the sequel trilogy, uh, his father, I think. It is his, yeah, that is yeah. his father, and yeah. then played by Don Hall Gleason's brother, <laughs> and also Xander Berkeley playing like yes. the, the the leader of Thrawn. Uh, we get a Thrawn reference. We get a th yeah, um, we get a Grand Admiral Thrawn reference, and it's like Thrawn's like second in command or somebody, or the guy who's like there on behalf of Thrawn or something. <laughs> I did like that that Gideon's like he's basically like you know you keep saying he's showing up, but like. He's not here. You just kind of telling kind us of, to wait. It, like it's, it's, it's very much lampshading what what yeah. a certain segment of the fan base feels. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought sure. that was kind of funny as well. It's like keep mentioning Thrawn. <laughs> we yeah. have yet to see him. They should have just that that guy should have just turned directly to camera afterwards and just been like, tune into the Ahsoka series to find out what happens. Happens. Yeah. Thrawn. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> to be seen in, Ahso in Ahsoka episode one. It's like the little like like. Uh, comic book like the editor's note. editor's note yeah exactly yeah um yeah and then we have the we have the finale where you know it's it's death guard troopers versus mandalorians mm -hmm. and where, where we find out you're gonna guess you can fly to space with your mandalorian armor i didn't really think that was possible but man that guy 
it's really funny how like they're chasing the dragon earlier in the season and they all run out of fuel in their jetpacks and then they show up to this and they fly like fucking forever with no that problem. Dude, yeah. These guys all packed extra fuel. I they got so. like they got they got like little things of sterno that they're just like popping in there. I would have liked to see him do like an in, 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 in flight refueling where like he runs out and he's falling and he's got to like put the thing back in so he can keep <laughs> juggling it. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, so what do we think about about the finale? It was a lot of fight, 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 and some of it was good, some of it was less good. We did get um, IG twelve baby or Grogu's exoskeleton. Yes. That was like, um, like, I don't know how I felt about that. Like, it's obviously there because, like, they they had a Grogu problem this whole season. I would say of like, kind of like, what do like, what do we do with this guy? Like, we can't move him around. Like, there was a whole part of the season where it's like he basically seemed to just exist to provide re- reaction shots and like mm-hmm. nothing else. Because it's like, unlike the first two seasons, like this really wasn't about him. The same way that like the first two seasons are where it's like, he is the reason the plot is moving along. People want him for various reasons. Um, and so I guess like this was like partly a thing where it's like, well, let's make him more mobile. <laughs> let's put him in this thing so he can actually move around and do some shit. And it kind of justifies him being in these more dangerous situations a little bit, as opposed yes. to just being like this helpless little, I mean, obviously he's not helpless, but like, you know, he's severely he's like, 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 like he has almost no armor except for that, like comically big, like, disc Medallion. <laughs> yeah exactly that the armor makes him earlier in this season which i which assume never, he's just wearing there somewhere <laughs> they, which they never, never comes up it. again yeah, yeah they never show it but it's yeah I, I guess it's there um i do like um i do think it was a funny touch to have it be able to talk but only for him to be able to say yes and no over and over again because i i do like i was kind of giggling to myself this is going back to whatever episode it was is it, is it the episode before is it episode six or is, or no it's the beginning of this episode right where, where he gets id 12 it's it's the beginning of episode seven sorry before, yeah because be, yeah yeah before they go to mandalore it's like they, yeah because yeah. the whole the whole fleet shows up on navarro and car weather shows up and brings every, right, right. all the gifts yeah. right 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 exactly um when he first gets in it and it's like well let's see if he likes it like let's see if he does it and then he just walks around going yes 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 <laughs> it's just like like that he's like so excited he's like yes like i like this this is great Whoa. like yes it was just yes, like the yes. way like a fucking 11 year old boy would act you know? absolutely yeah. absolutely like, all right this tracks he's still a child i got it right. yeah. yep. and, and he's grabbing all the fruit at the fruit stand and while well, just going yes 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 yeah. yes over and, and over just again. like this is not working for me <laughs> or whatever yeah. he says uh, yeah yeah, that was so good. The, yeah. Uh, um, always good to see the Praetorian guards and get to see them being a little bit of a badass. Yeah, because the Praetorian guards look cool. Like, that, that is a legitimately cool design, I, I will say, for like a somewhat newer-ish. I mean, I, I know they're like they're kind of in the original trilogy, but not really. They never, they, um, don't, they just, all they, they do is walk out of the they, room yeah, once. Yeah, they, they don't do anything. And like, even they're like, like, I guess, you know, they wear red and they're in robes, but I feel like they were really filled out a lot more in like the other movies, like how they actually like look and would act. And yeah, they're 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 a welcome addition, I would say, to these last two episodes. Um, Yeah, for the fights, like, I guess what I would say is like. So there may be like three fights to talk about. I'm trying to think if there's one I'm missing, like there is the. 
like general fight with Moff Gideon at the end. Mm -hmm. There is the Grogu and Mandalorian versus the Praetorian Guard fight. And then there's like the, you know, just snippets like here and there shots you the get. Buzzing of like, bees. Yes, exactly. Mandalorians through the air versus the Beskar Stormtroopers. And I would say that one is like very hit or miss. Like there's some cool things you see and then there's some stuff where they're just like filler shots. And it's yep. just like, yeah, yeah, okay. Like you're just reminding us that they're still here and doing this basically. Um, yeah, but the it's, armor it's Star in Wars. The you have to do yeah. a th you have to do a three part finale, right? Right. That's what Star Wars does exactly. Yeah, the armor shots. I mean, it it, it is always kind of cool. I think that she's just always fighting with a hammer and tongs over and over again, and like doing that in the air is kind of cool. She has some cool like jetpack shots, like things that she does, like when she like when she jumps from the dropship, and it's like kind of from her point of view. Like I I don't remember what it is, but I remember it being like that was a cool shot. Like whatever she did, like she kind of like drop lower like flipped around as she did it and it, it just kind of looked cool yeah it did look cool yeah um and then i i would say i like the praetorian guard fight a decent amount like i, I thought that was a good fight and i thought it was good use of grogu honestly yeah i mean that was good when they were like teaming up and he's using his force powers to kind of help him things out away as as or push him yeah. away yeah exactly just to give him a little bit of an advantage yeah, yeah. i thought i thought yeah, that was like well that. done and and like seemed to work the whole way um and then the moff gideon fight i would say was kind of like eh. it, it was it, it it just felt like a lot of noise a little bit to me there was there, was there was no point where i felt like it was like oh that was badass or that was really cool so i watched i watched the finale um when it was still light out and it was not bright in the room like it was not like direct sunlight in the room i was in but it was relatively bright um and that those scenes were so dark and and you know between Moff Gideon's black armor, but all the black reflective surfaces in Jin's silver armor, like they both looked very similar, and it was just hard for me to tell what was going on in, in big parts of that fight. Hmm. wasn't so bad at night. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was yeah. By and large, I thought it was you know it was it was mostly fine fight 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 stuff. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. I would, I would kind of agree. I was wondering if um, Axe Woves was going to go like down with the ship. I totally um, thought he was. That was working, yeah. And then I was like, I was glad that it was a thing where it's like, there's no need to do that. I have a jetpack. <laughs> it's like, I'll just, just jet out on the side over yeah. here because it's like, yeah, that would make sense. It would be kind yeah. of dumb. Yeah, that is handy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just fly away. Yeah. Um, They did a good job. Like this, it feels generally believable, I think. It's hard to know because, like, they've fucked around so much over the course of movies and series with, like, how people are strong in the Force or how much time they need to become strong in the Force. Like, it's like, you know, you have, like, Luke in the original movies and stuff like that. And then you have, like, Rey, where it's just like, I don't know, like, did she ever learn anything? But she, like, knows how to do everything. Um, but it did feel like, given... It, it did feel like they made use of, like, the fact that he had been trained by Luke for at least some amount of time, Grogu. Um, that like he definitely does is able to do a lot more in this season and like not get as tired doing it. And I felt like that was welcome just because it was like, I don't know, like they kind of needed it. And I, I do feel like it was integrated actually like fairly well in these last couple episodes, like him doing force stuff. And he had more control, right? Like earlier he could just do like big, broad things and now he can do more fine grain. Yeah. You know, precise things that he could do before too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I did feel like, like 
this is where like a bit of the of things being rushed came in because it was like, oh, I guess he's I guess uh, Moff Gideon's got a bunch of clones of himself. Oh, but never mind, they're blown up and they're gone. All right, I guess we don't have to. Worry. I guess that's what he was doing this whole time. And like, right, um, it's like a payoff to like three seasons. Like, it's like, why did he want the child's blood? Why did was Doctor Pershing there? It's like this is the answer. Like, this is right. what he was doing, and it's like all of it's gone and like. You, like, you didn't even know what he was doing practically. He's just like, well, let's blow these up. And then like, he's, yeah, it, it was kind of weird. Yeah. I thought, yeah, it, it, it did, it did feel super rushed. And, and, and in another way, it also like, I started getting like strong at this point, like this kind of feels like the end of the series vibes from this. And like that, as, as like they kind of wrap things up, like that that got even those feelings got even stronger as we went through like you know the three different kind of endings of of everything right this was weird in that like it is definitively not the end of the series like they very much said they're making a mandalorian season four and it came out recently that dave filoni is going to make a movie that that kind of has that has all these characters in it too but like it very much felt like the end of the series like it wrapped up like very much like it's like and mandalore became like a thriving place again the great forge was restarted and like and and din Djarin and his new son din grogu went to live on navarro and like they get like you know a new job and then it like it even like closes on like the little like you know it like does like the little thing where it's like like i half expect it to be like a the end like at the yeah, end right no post-credit scene you know it's just like yeah it very much felt like it's like yeah end of the show like and and, you know everything got wrapped up and we're done and they're gonna have some good adventures in the future um do you think it's possible they were having that in their back pocket and didn't know when they were making it if they were going to get another season they had to know they would get as many seasons as they wanted i think maybe it was that they didn't know at the time that if they wanted to make another season or what the or what the story would be when they were first writing it or if Pedro Something Pascal was, was not going to want to come back. Or... Yeah, that, that's possible. That, yeah, that feels like the thing that could derail it. Because why on earth would Disney not want to give him another season? Like, that right. that feels crazy. Well, I don't know if you guys have been following, but Disney lost a bunch of fucking subscribers this last quarter. They raised I wasn't the price. Yeah. Um, I don't I do I don't know they raised like, the price. It's the first quarter that they lost. They lost a bunch of subscribers down by like 5 million subscribers or something like that. So, you know, what did, uh, it could be what a do... moment of being like, well, maybe we maybe kind of we can't. on this in case, in, case, in case we can't make another season. Meaning like in case we decide we can't afford it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Interesting. It feels like they'd um, still want to try to do it, but maybe like cut the cut the budget a little bit or something like that just just because it feels like it's like i don't feel like they're leaving like it feels like a weird response to like a lot of people are leaving it's like let's cut our most famous show i was gonna ask i'm unclear if this is like their flagship show or is it just to us because we've been watching it i think it's still their flagship show right like i think this has hit bigger i mean this is the show they launched disney plus with more or less in the right. first place that um so, so there's that little baby yoda was just a hit yeah nothing's been bigger than this like like it's like you know we talked about how andor is like more critically acclaimed and like maybe a better show 
um yeah, although it does Probably. very different things but i don't know that it got like better ratings right or like more people watched it or were like excited about it the same way it doesn't mm-hmm. sell merchandise at all people mm-hmm. are not people maybe the marvel shows just like trounce the star wars shows i wouldn't think so i wouldn't maybe. think so either yeah I, I feel like i feel like there's more mcu fatigue in the world than there is star wars fatigue right now i think so too I mean, there's, there's no star wars movies right now so right hmm. you know, there's a lot less absolute content anyway so yeah. but, let's get back to so so things as we, as you mentioned things kind of wrap up right they they excise i don't know whatever gideon's forces are from mandalore they rewrite they relight the great forge which eh, it was fine it was more like big forge than great forge but yeah. it was fine um mediocre and, forge and um and yeah and uh the mandalorian gets a cabin <laughs> by the lake right and he, and, he, and and he adopts grogu formally as his son yeah which felt like again felt a little anticlimactic because like people have been calling him like grogu's dad and stuff right whole right time right and, or like or like your kid like he's a, right yeah and it, it, yeah so like i don't know if that was supposed to be a big deep emotional moment but it was kind of like oh yeah well i guess we're just making it formal now right so far as like that covert cares and like nobody else yeah yeah i agree like it did feel like it's like i feel like they very much thought of each other as father and son anyway yeah, for like now, a while he's locked into child support formally now yeah that's true <laughs> they're gonna like they, they they can never have like not that i think they would but like they can never have this guy t- this, this kid talk because the last thing they can do is stick this kid in a helmet for the rest of the you know for the rest of the time like the, you got to be able to see grogu and see his face right yeah. yeah his um his his jumps his yoda jumps yeah i don't know they they looked like they look kind of like Somebody I'm throwing a pillow around, like somebody threw a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's exa- I was gonna say it looked like in the Muppets when, like, the old Muppets, like in the Muppet Show, when there would be like a big explosion and they just like hork like Kermit across the screen. <laughs> like, that's like, kind of, yeah. like that's kind you, of what it looked like. Yeah. You take them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's it, it's not it's not clear to me how much Grogu is supposed to weigh, but like it it, it often seems like he weighs nothing at all. Like nobody ever reacts to the weight of him or anything, and right? That's, and that's what gives him that a lot of that feeling. I think of like they're throwing a puppet around, right? Right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Yeah, they. Um, yeah, I wonder what they're gonna do with Grogu. It's it's weird, right? Because you want like Grogu to like you simultaneously want Grogu to be able to do more, and I guess they'd had him do more here, but it's still a thing where he's like tiny and can barely walk and stuff like that, and it's like. Like, like, what are you going to continue doing with, like, how is he going to, how is he really going to be an apprentice, like, really doing stuff, like, right. like Mandalorian stuff in the next season and stuff. And it's like, are you, is he really going to, like, he's going to have to put on a helmet at some point if he's really a Mandalorian, right? Like, how's that going to work unless he, unless both of them decide to not follow the way or whatever. Um, Even then you got to put on your helmet sometimes. Um, And then like, on the other hand, it's kind of like, but you don't want to lose him being baby Yoda, right? Because that's like the whole like cute thing. Like if he becomes like if he starts like if he starts talking, I don't even know what that would sound like or be like. 
like a like a time jump to like teenage Yoda or whatever. Right, it would just exactly. be weird. I thought about that, and then I was just like, would he sound like a weird de-aged Yoda? And then the real thing was, it's like, would he talk like Yoda? Like that's not a species thing, right? Like, like is, is that just a thing where Yoda like learned to talk weird like that, or he just does it because like he thinks it's funny? Like, is that like I can't? There's no way that Grogu would talk like Yoda, like with the syntax, right? Like it's like he's been hearing the Mandalorian his whole life or whatever, or like Jedi's or something. It's like who are not Yoda, right? You were not raised by Confucius. You can talk normal, right? Exactly. But it, so but but it would the... be weird to like hear. I don't know any kind of voice other than Yoda's coming out of like a thing that looks like Yoda. Well, I was going to ask if you guys have seen the holiday special and know what Yaddle sounds like. I have not. Um, but yeah, I do not know what Yaddle sounds like. Yeah, Is Yaddle in the either, holiday so. special too? Because I know yeah, y- Yaddle's in the prequel, right? Yaddle's in Phantom Menace. I thought is, is, I thought that's why he was in in or she right? Is it, she? Is, sorry. Is it, yeah. Is that it? Okay, so so she's in Phantom Menace because she's in the holiday special. Gosh, I thought so, but I know very little about the holiday special other than Chewbacca's uncle being horny. <laughs> and watching that weird like kind of like weirdly erotic like dancing thing yeah i could be wrong i don't know people wonder uh, why the star wars holiday special gets a bad rap horny try to say yeah, I don't... everybody's got a creepy uncle including chewbacca what's the uncle's name it's not like lumpy but i want to say it's lumpy <laughs> it might be lumpy you it's sure it's uncle, lumpy? uncle lumpy <laughs> i mean i wanted to say it I, I just thought it couldn't be lumpy uh, uncle lumpy lump of walru also known as walru or lumpy no well, there we go i guess i got it from somewhere and it turns out it was the right thing oh wait that's 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 chewbacca's son Oh, Lumpy is his son. All right, then who's yeah. the uncle? <laughs> I don't know. Or, 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 or maybe it's his father. Maybe it's not the f- uncle. It's Itchy. His father, Itchy. <laughs> no. Is Good it? Lord, yes. <laughs> oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> uh, are we going so to have to watch the Star Wars holiday special? <laughs> they're Lumpy, Itchy, and Chewy. <laughs> Star Wars has the worst names for things. <laughs> the worst names. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, Lord. Why don't we? Why don't we, as best we can, slap slap a rating on these season on this these seasons on this season? Um, uh, Nish, why don't you go first? Oh fuck! I don't know. Um, I mean. I don't know. I really don't know. There there are things I, I feel like we spent a fair amount of this time like kind of focusing on some things that were like, why'd they do this? And like this was kind of hilarious and not a great way and all that. But like, you know, there, there are a decent amount of things I I like being in this universe. You know, it's like it's 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 always kind of fun to kind of go back and see the Mandalorian. I do feel like the season was a step down from the first two. Um, it just felt a little less cohesive and it some of the things just seemed a little silly in like not a great way for me. Um, not that Mandalorian can't be silly. I think that's fine, but it, it didn't really hit for me at times. I guess I'll go with a three, which is still a positive rating. Like I, I, you know, I think my kids will like this season a lot. I, I don't think they'll care about all this, the silly parts, the way that mm-hmm. I was kind of like, what is this? What's going on here? 
Um, but yeah, that's that, that's what I'll go with. I, I just think like I, I think a lot of what you said is is very valid, Paul, like in terms of like maybe like some weird like rushing some things or like wanting like it felt like they cobbled together a lot large parts of the season in a way that like didn't feel like like the first the second season, even though it takes a while to get into gear and has a lot of different things going on, didn't have as much of a feel of like we don't know where what's going on from week to week and it doesn't really feel to seem to be following a, a, any kind of like real thread as it goes right. through like this one did so that's i think where i would dock this this season but i mean i still i i, I like the mandalorian it was good to revisit this it was better than book of boba fett i'll say that much Very true. I, a low William, bar i know but still but a bar nonetheless Willie, yes. what about you uh <clears throat> i'm with nish it's a three I won't go into too much depth, but um, there was just the first half of the season, in particular, that third episode. It's like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Yep. And it, it, like, you know, what I loved about the other seasons is they were, they were, there were seasons where there was very minimal arc, or the arc would be two or three episodes. I remember when we reviewed season one, we said it was always like a three. A lot of times, it was like a three episode arc. And they tried to get back to that, and some of it worked, and some of it really didn't. And I just, there were large chunks of the season I struggled to pay attention to, um, or just didn't want to. Just like, all right, let's give me the next episode because I know it's not really the last five minutes. I'll get the arc part that actually matters to me here. So um, there was some good here, um, but but yeah, not as good as season two or one. So three. Yeah, I largely agree. I'm going to go slightly lower and give it a two and a half. Um, I was waffling between a two and a two and a half. Um, I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there's a really good 60 minutes of content in this, you know, however long the whole season is. Um, and yeah, it, I don't know. It felt just what we've been talking about, a little scattered, like, like took forever to figure out what the season was going to be about. And then we rushed right through it to the end and, um, I don't know. Maybe is it a mistake to come back for season four? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they should have just let it lie here and kind of been done with it. We'll see. Yeah, it's it's a good question. I mean, if if next season was more episodic, like back to kind of what was going on in season one, I personally wouldn't mind all that much if it like got back a little more to just like well these two are going to like go figure out someone's problem for an episode and then like kind of come back and then like do it again. It feels like that's what they were setting up. It did feel that way. Like the big, um, like the big, uh, two questions about that are like, how are they going to handle Grogu doing that? Like, I think that's a big thing they got to figure out. And then the second part is like, well, you know, they're not going to do that for eight episodes. So like, what is going to be sort of the, plot that kicks in at some point in the season that like actually is sort of like a running plot and like that has to be something that's kind of worth it as well whatever that is well i guess we'll find out in two years or whatever when it's back again (laughs) right it would have been um you know because like season one and season two were a year apart and the reason that season three took so long was covid mainly right um that's that that's kind of what delayed everything plus the fact that they did boba fett in between um and I would have said that season four would probably come out next year, but you, you know, now at the time of this writing, we have a writer's strike. 
which I think will throw a wrench in that. So, you know, depending on that, you know, I, I guess it feels like, I don't know, might, might, might be more like the end of 2024 when we see the next season. I would like to see a show about the, about the rise of the first order. Um, but I wonder if maybe the Ahsoka show is going to touch on some of that. Yeah, maybe. And you could see this one, like this one, there were parts of the show that kind of hinted toward that, right? Like, like they really did. Like, I know I mentioned it once and we didn't talk about it again, really, but like they really did show it a couple times that it's like, Oh, the new Republic kind of sucks. Like, like it's like, 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 like the Tim Meadows scene also kind of showed that it kind of sucked. And like, they went out of their way to say a couple times that it's like, well, the new Republic will never like do that. And it's like, it'll take forever to like get anything done. Like that kind of thing. And you could kind of see a little bit where it's like, yeah, I could see how these people could like fall or like, or like, not you know how something else could kind of come up to challenge it and then obviously like they also showed the shadow council which is kind of where the first order is going to come from in a lot of ways right i mean we know that the new republic doesn't last very long right so right right exactly and then we talk and then they also talk about what is it operation i forget the name necromancer necromancer which is clearly the the palpatine stuff Yes, like yeah, that, that's that, where that, that that comes out in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, the, the, when, Snoke, when, the Snoke and Palpatine stuff, like whatever you want to call it, like all that. Right when they were going through all like the tubes before we we knew who was in them, I thought they were those were like Snoke, you know, experiments going right. on. I didn't, like I didn't like think like, like the ones that we see in the beginning of Rise of Skywalker. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so you know. We'll see what we'll see what else comes out. But in the meantime, uh, let's let's quickly uh, do a letter if we have one, and then we can get out of here. Yeah, we got a letter. We got we got a, we got quite a few letters, or should I call them electronic mails, emails? I don't, I don't think that I don't think that yeah. name will catch on. All right, but I will say nobody wrote us a letter. <laughs> we did not nothing in the old mail bag. <laughs> that would be wild if we if we got a physical letter from somebody. Yeah, considering that we don't have a any kind of address for this podcast that would make it extra wild yeah how did this get to us um it's like writing santa claus just kind of find its way finds its way um yeah so we got one here from tracy and this is about our tetris uh episode here um she was saying she said loved uh listening to your tetris episode i've not seen the movie and was very much under the impression that it was somehow a uh retelling of tetris the video game um, which I think we made a joke about at the beginning that it was like, dude, it's like, no, they didn't make Tetris into a movie. Um, but her question is, um, what do you think would be, besides Tetris, the silliest video game to actually try it to make into a movie? Oh, I'm going to say Bubble Bobble. Do you guys bubble remember Bubble Bobble? I love Bubble Bobble. Bubble Bobble's my fan. I love yeah. Bubble Bobble, and that is that the game was awesome. But I don't know what a yeah. movie of that would look like. That is a good question. That is a good point. Like it's like as weird as like attempts to make Super Mario Brothers into a movie are. It's like multiply that by like twenty <laughs> in terms of like it's like your characters aren't human, and there's even less of a story around them. <laughs> it's a really good one, Paul. Um, uh, I feel like they will. I'll tell you the movie. I'm going to turn around. I feel like the movie they have not made and they're just going to be like, fuck it. Let's make Altered Beast the movie. Rise from your grave. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there are a lot of 
games like that where it's a little surprising that it's like why haven't they made it and like it's like this feels ready made to be some kind right. of movie like where's where's the ninja gaiden movie like right, right? like 100 totally. the movie that like had fucking cinema interludes like, with, yeah. like before that was a thing fucking metroid yeah that totally feel, i mean we got like fucking doom and duke nukem like it's like why can't we get a metroid movie yeah See, mm-hmm. why isn't why isn't there a Minecraft movie, the fucking biggest video game that's ever been? Yeah, Minecraft very much feels like they should be making a movie of that. That would very much be an animated movie, and like I feel yeah. like there's no reason that wouldn't be successful. Kids fucking lose their fucking shit over Minecraft. Like, just make a Minecraft movie, like, and you know who's gonna voice Steve in Minecraft? Chris Pratt. Yes, of course. <laughs> like, of course it's going to be Chris Pratt. <laughs> Why the fuck wouldn't it be Chris Pratt? Uh, they should just make it real, go real subversive and not have Steve talk in the yes. whole movie. <laughs> Voice, voiced by Chris Pratt. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Have him say one word at the end. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's, it's really tempting to go back to like the old Nintendo games for bad movie adaptations because so many old Nintendo games were just so weird. Mm-hmm. yeah i i would just want to see what they would do with some of those ones like or, or like yeah even pre those those ones like like cubert came to mind that it's like what does a cubert movie look like um or like looking at old nintendo games like it's like if you're making a movie about excite bike like how much how much do you have to build <laughs> like to make that into a movie like yeah gotta... but i feel like you could make that movie right like yeah. that's a movie about like motocross competition yeah. like you, right you, i guess that's you true could make that movie yeah but it would be weird to then tie it into Excite Bike somehow. It, that it's it like, would be weird. Like, like, just make a motocross movie. Why does it have to be Excite Bike? Maybe it's like point? a Last Starfighter thing where they find the best motocross player and suck uh, him into Excite Bike. There land. we go. <laughs> I feel like um, with Excite Bike, for some reason, the person I thought of being the Excite Bike guy who gets sucked in would be Keanu Reeves. I feel like it's because I'm thinking of. Like him playing that, like no, no, it was Chris Evans for sure. Okay, because I was thinking of Keanu Reeves, like voicing like the Toy Story four guy who like rides a motorcycle or whatever, whatever that, whatever the hell he his name is, that. Duke, he Duke, also, Duke Kaboom. Yeah, he's got that comic book where he's riding his motorcycle around. Yeah, exactly. Ghost Rider? <laughs> no, 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 no. Have you guys seen Aaron Rodgers recently? Does Aaron Rodgers look like Ghost Rider now? Has he, he has, has, like, has has his he looks, skull like caught on fire? <laughs> He's now just he a flaming just skull. Like, he looks just like Nicolas Cage did in Con Air. He does now because I I know like last was it the beginning of the season or like uh, yeah, yeah he he like came to training camp like like <clears throat> as as Nick Cage from Con Air like and I yeah, like intentionally so yeah oh really I didn't know that was on purpose I I think so I yeah. Just, I was looking at pictures of him today because he signed with the Jets, and I was like, "Oh, what's that Aaron Rodgers look like these days?" Like, well, right, <laughs> looks just <laughs> like Nick Cage from Gun Air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was I, trying to I find all those uh, videos of him. Those um, the fuck the State Farm thing, touchdown, double, t- touchdown, double, double take, whatever. And the guy was always out the window being like, yeah. "Rodgers, <laughs> discount, discount, double check." There we go. There it is. <laughs> I was like, had it on the tip of my tongue. It was like, what is no, it? I'm losing it. Yeah. yeah. Any other any other really weird video games? I, f- I feel like you were spot on with like early oh, like like eighties Nintendo games and shit like that. Like thinking of things of like 
Burger Time and Dig Dug. It's like, no, I could see how those could all those things could kind yeah. of be. Or even classic kind of ones like 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 I feel like Kid Icarus is a pretty classic one, but it's like, fuck if I know how you make that into a movie. You can figure it out. I'll they could. Like, I mean, even fucking like Joust, bad, like they the, could make it. The bad guy is the eggplant wizard, so I really want to Joust see that. Would be, Joust would be fucking awesome. You're just a dude on a flying ostrich. Flying ostrich, yeah. Yeah. Ostrich part of that could be would be very cool. Yeah. You know, or gyromite. Uh, oh, gyromite, <laughs> Jesus. Would you have to use Robbie the robot? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, that, I that, forgot that game existed. That would be how. inscrutable. Yeah. yeah. I All guess, right. like, I guess you could make Duck Hunt into a movie, but, like, I don't even know what the plot would be. Like, how you get people on board. I guess Duck you do Hunt. it from the dog's point of I view. Was, I was just going to say that. Duck Hunt from the dog's point of view. Yeah. You do. That's how you do it. Yep. All right. There are our answers, Tracy. <laughs> Hope you loved that long digression as we, we said, have. let's remember some old video games. <laughs> well, I mean, the unfortunate thing is I nailed it right off in the first guess. So this there's is nowhere true. else to go but down. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good point. All right. Well, if, if, if you too would like a long digression to a very simple question, you could send that to where can you send that, Nish? Uh, you can send it to talk to podflix at gmail.com. I almost said the wrong thing. Talk to podflix <laughs> at gmail.com. I, I was like starting the sentence and I was like, what is our email address? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very late here. Yeah. Um, do we do anything else to end the show? <laughs> now you made nope. me lose my train of thought, too. Nope, that's it. Tune in next time. That's what we say at the end of every episode. Don't you remember? Oh, that's right. That's our catchphrase. Yeah. That's a podcast. Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. You said it like fucking Mario. Yeah. I know. Oh, <laughs> <podcast>. <laughs>